Have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? We'll be the baby of the year. Hello and welcome back to the Turbo Team Podcast. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's March Madness. Today kicked off day one and first round of the NCAA tournament. We got to see our Oral Roberts Golden Eagles knock off the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. My bracket for the March Madness has been awful, but today we have something special in store. But before we get to that, today with me again, Alex Powell, Ben Neeson, as always. How are you guys today? Go Oral Roberts. Yeah, whatever. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, whatever. it's been a long day. It's We're currently recording this at 11.57 p.m. after, I believe it was 16 March Madness games overall. So it, it's been long. But we had friend of the program, Nate Magic, make up three different brackets. So there's a movie bracket, a director bracket, and an actor bracket. And he pretty much chose stuff that we've all seen, people we all know, and place them strategically in a bracket for us to debate, discuss, and by the end of the episode, we're going to have three different brackets in the theme of March Madness with a winner for each one. So, for example, we're going to do everyone's favorite movie series. Uh, The first matchup, this is not actually in the bracket, but would be Fast and Furious 7 against Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Ben, which one's the winner for you? Uh, seven. The most Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth songs. How about you, Alex? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Thank you for that oh. insightful. I will. Okay. I will add on to that with Hobbs and Shaw. So Hobbs and Shaw advances to the first round. So that is how this will go. And they will all be 16 team brackets. And I say we just jump into the movie bracket right now. Uh, for Andrew, that. Before we start, Andrew Wiggins had 48 and four tonight. So this is March. Anything is possible. But before that, no one cares about Andrew Wiggins. We would like to thank our presenting sponsor, the Thrive Fantasy app. They're having a great time of year with everyone betting on college basketball. Go bet on those college athletes that aren't getting reimbursed for any of their duties. Thrive Fantasy has all of your DFS and esports gambling wants. Be sure to use promo code around at sign up and receive a deposit bonus of up to $50. Again, first time users, be sure to use the promo code around at sign up and Thrive will match any deposit up to $50. We would like to thank our presenting sponsor, Thrive Fantasy, for supporting the Turbo Team podcast. And actually, do you know what you can do right now? You can go on Thrive Fantasy and you can search Turbo Team podcast and it'll have the brackets popped up and you can fill one out for yourself bet on it and uh actually not really but we will be putting up these brackets on twitter for you guys tomorrow for you to fill out whatever uh choices that you might have winning but without further ado i say we head into the movie bracket so what i'm going to do is i'm going to give just a slight little rundown of just the matchups and then we will get into our debate so the first matchup i don't think nate seeded these i think it was really just random and if he did see them, I'm sorry, Nate. But in the first matchup in the top left corner, we've got La La Land against No Country Old Men. Below that, Prisoners against Little Women. Disclaimer, 
Little Women is the only movie on this list that I haven't seen. It's been on my list forever, but I never watched it. Moving down, Goodfellas against Fantastic Mr. Fox. Django Unchained against Parasite. On the other side of the bracket, Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back against Baby Driver. Raiders of the Lost Ark against The Disaster Artist. The Social Network against The Shining. And closing things off with The Dark Knight versus Sorry to Bother You. So before we get into this, any matchups in particular jump off the page of you guys? Django uh, and Chain Parasite is going to be tough. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. <coughs> social network, the social network, the shining is going to be tough too, but I think that's a little more easier. That's so tough. Let's keep talking about it without actually jumping into it. Yeah, right, let's go top left. Let's start La La Land, No Country for Old Men. Yep. So number one, we've got La La Land, No Country Old, No Country for Old Men, and this is just going to be a simple two to three vote. But before we vote, we're going to have everyone give their little like fifteen second appeal for the film that they're going to choose. Ben, hard to talk. Uh, La La Land, easy. Uh, not a question. Uh, old, uh, no country for old man. Uh, yeah, old man. Uh, the the country is new, and our president is Damien Chazelle. Um, and this is the official office of our president and uh, chief, uh, um, uh, Damien. Turn so, Ben's yeah. mic off. I don't want to ever hear those string of words ever again. Uh, you talked about point? Andrew Wiggins at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, he had 40 is, points, man. People, this is March. Who cares? Andrew Wiggins? Good for you and Andrew Wiggins. So I, I'm going to pick No Country for Old Men just because I love the movie. Uh, I have no I have Whoa. no problem with La La Land moving on. It's probably the better film, but I enjoy No Country for Old Men more. So I know what Jake's going to pick, so I guess just move it on. Yeah, so La La Land for the win for me, even though I'm still too sad and depressed to watch it because it would destroy me, but La La Land's still my favorite movie of all time, and I will still listen to someone in the crowd whenever I want. Okay, but- Prince. Okay, Prince Philip. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we got Prisoners versus Little Women. Uh, Alex, what you got? Actually, prisoners. Before Alex goes, by default, Prisoners because I have not seen Little Women, but I love Prisoners. What do you mean? Uh, okay, yeah, I put Prisoners too. <laughs> yeah, Prisoners. Little, is women, little prisoners women is, is good though. Little Women's good. Prisoners is incredible. So. <laughs> Shout out yeah, Alex Jones, that. otherwise shout out Alex Jones, otherwise known as uh, Paul Dano. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, other Alex Jones. Moving, Alex Jones. <laughs> moving down in the bracket, I know this is going to piss Ben off. We've got Goodfellas versus Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, Alex, you're going to be Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah. Shout out episode one. It's it's pro- it's the it's probably the best gangster movie of all time. I really enjoyed The Godfather, but it's incredible. You can't. I love Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fox. You can't go wrong with Goodfellas. I would have uh, if, if if I wanted to pick uh, Goodfellas, I would have gone to a Fazoli's. All right, I would have. Uh, I would have. Uh, I would have played a Scarface themed uh, pinball game. That's, that's the depth I was looking for. No, the correct answer is Fantastic Mr. Fox, but um, apparently um, I'm the only one who knows that. The problem with Ben's argument for uh, against Goodfellas is that Ben watched Goodfellas as a twenty-year-old compared to like normal people who watch so? it when they're like fourteen. Well, you've already like, normal you, people watch it when they're saw, fourteen. You saw every gangster film like imagine. No, I did And then you watched Goodfellas. <laughs> I, I watched every gangster film imaginable. Um, half of uh, 
your argument yeah, against Tom Goodfellas Hardy movie where he plays two different people. Your argument against Goodfellas was it fit every major mob movie trope when it invented those tropes. Yeah, it still doesn't mean I'm not bored by those tropes. You, but that's what I'm saying. If this was the first like gangster movie you saw, you wouldn't be bored by it. You'd be like, "Oh, this just oh, I'd be wild. This, this is all right. This, this, this is okay, I guess." All right, Jake, what, what do you got? It's still okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go get the papers. Get the papers, good fella. Jimmy two times. Uh, see, I thought he used too many onions, but it was still a very good sauce. The garlic melted in the pan. You asked me to unplug my mic earlier. Now I'm doing it willingly. But yeah, good fellas, good fellas, easily for me. Good fellas by a landslide. Although I do love Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's one of the most fun movies that I've ever seen. Good fellas, just. Just takes the cake, takes the cake for me. Good, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox isn't even the most fun movie on this list. That went to our number one overall seed, La La Land. That's not fun. It's pretty fun. I'd, Dude, I'd say Fantastic. You don't watch Mr. that. Fox you don't watch that choreographed fun. dance scene in the beginning and think, uh, "Man, this is a great time." Hey, yeah, I also watched the uh, remaining hour forty minutes, and I'm like, "Man, this is sad." I'll say this: La La Land's fun when you have a girlfriend. Not anymore, brother. It was, it was fun before that. I think it's just the attachment you have to it. Anyway, <laughs> let's go on to the next one. <laughs> Jago and Chain Parasite. Definitely the toughest matchup. This is the uh Definitely. This is the uh, uh this is like the uh seven eight match. No, this is the eight nine matchup. Like you could go either way. Fuck it. Jango and Chain, man. I love Jango and Chain. Really? I think yeah, it's you you talk about how Fantastic Mr. Fox is more of a fun watch. I would agree with the same thing with Jingo and Chain. I think Parasite's the better movie, but Jingo like you can't watch Jingo and Chain and not like have fun with it at certain points. You know, it's a good mix of action, serious comedy, whatever. It's it's a great film. Yeah, my my three favorite genres. Um, no, but I actually enjoy Parasite, and I'm choosing Parasite more. One because I enjoy it more. And two, I mean, I feel like it does have those elements in a good sense, and it's way more engaging of a film. It is listed as a I'm not, I'm not going off of overall happiness as a measurable and a judge for which one I'm picking. I'm going off of what I was engaged in and enjoyed the most, and personally, so, as Parasite. So what I think is really cool about this matchup is these are two of the most like unique films that are out there. Like, There's nothing like <laughs> changed, and there's nothing like parasite for the most part from at least what i've seen but i what i would say is the rubber match between me is the fact that i can't read subtitles so uh i don't <laughs> know what's going on in parasite no but in all seriousness i think i'm gonna go with Django unchained even though i have a lot of fun watching both of these movies they're both really well done and they're both i mean very deserving of all the praise they get but i think just for the rewatchability of Django puts it slightly above Parasite for me, but this was definitely when I was looking through the bracket, the toughest decision that I had to make. Mm-hmm. So moving to the other side of the bracket, we've got the Empire Strikes Back against Baby Driver. Alex, you want to start us off? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I not like I know like like a friend of the former guest survivor of the podcast, Kyle Coons. Like he loves Baby Driver. I think it's just okay. Like, there's definitely good aspects to it, but like, I think Star Wars Episode Five is incredible. You know, compared to Baby Driver, which is creative, but just didn't do it for me. So, did you know there's a Baby Driver two coming out this year? It's gonna be terrible. Everyone well, in that moment, everybody in that movie got canceled. Jake, if you saw that on Google, that's just fake. 
Is it actually? Yes. This has to be fake. No. Uh, if you search like movies on Google, like 40% of them are fake. No, like so many different movies like are fake just because fans put them up and then Google for some reason thinks they're real. Ryan Gosling is Obama. No. That's Martin Luther King. You're talking about you're talking about Koontz as a baby driver fan. You're talking to a guy who has the Blu-ray, the poster, and the CD. Shout out Mr. Stone. No, Kyle's the the baby driver fan in the friend group. Everybody knows this. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm the I'm the drive guy. I got the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> all right ben do you pick baby driver i'm picking baby driver i mean, I mean all, all credit to empire strikes back i mean it's huge like it's all like immersive it's star wars epitomized but personally entertainment wise going solely off of the film it's baby driver i'm gonna be playing the decision again and mine is gonna be Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. I do love Baby Driver. We saw it on my birthday in theaters. Me, me, Ben, and Mitch did. Or Ben, Mitch, and I did. Sorry for the grammar. It's midnight. But Empire Strikes Back, until I uh, became obsessed with La La Land, was my favorite movie of all time. And it's still my second favorite movie. But it's just the perfect Star Wars story. Uh, it's got some of the best cinematography, some of the best imagery, some of just a lot of the best of everything in that film. And I just, I love it. It is so rewatchable and I love that it doesn't have a happy ending. Arguably. Rogue one. But yeah, I'm going to go with empire strikes back. Although I do love me some baby driver. It's been a while since I've seen it though. The next one is Raiders of the lost Ark against the disaster artist. Disclaimer. So one that, like I literally don't care about, you know, I <laughs> haven't seen Raiders of the lost Ark since I was probably 10. It's been a while. I'll take. Uh, I'll take. I'll go for. It. I'll take Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which Whoa. one? Is, which one is Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's the one where um, they have the Ark. Well, and then spoilers at the end. Yeah, it's lost, but they find it. It's the one that starts off with the boulder. I think That's it's the first thought. one. It's yeah. the one that starts off with the boulder and ends with the ghost smelting all the Nazis. One. What's the What's the last one they do with Shia LaBeouf? The like Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Where Harrison Ford is like sixty-five years old, and Shia Buffs like his like son or something. He There's survived a, new- a nuclear explosion in a refrigerator. Yeah. There's a new one coming out this year, I think. It's Mick- gonna, I hope. It's Jake, gonna you, be you've proven you can't be trustworthy with up-and-coming releases. No, there is. There is a new Indiana Jones. It's, Either not, it's definitely not coming out this year. If it was Probably coming out this year, there'd be so there much buzz. They have to. They have to put Ryan Gosling in it somehow. Just. Put the whole cast of Blade Runner twenty forty nine in it. Whatever. Okay, Jake, what'd you get? Uh, <laughs> uh, I did not hit her. The disaster artist easily. I. It's one of the best movies of all time. One of the most. What? Watch. What? One of the best movies of all time. It's not even your top five. Fine. One of my favorite movies of all time to watch. There we go. As a, I mean, the story of the room is incredible. James Franco is so good in this. Like, he was born to play Tommy Wiseau. Uh, it's just... I mean, I've watched this probably three or four times since it came out, and I just... I love it. No offense to Han Solo and Raiders of the Lost Arks, but uh, the Disaster Artist is going to take the cake for me. You know I love me some uh, Nathan Fielder as Peter, but honestly, for this, though, going off of entertainment value again, uh, I got to go Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, I, I think watched it like last yeah. year, and comparatively, I'm 
the disaster already drags at some point. Some point. The, the Especially Jones, on like the four or five watches that I've seen of it. Indiana Jones, I think, are pretty underrated is a pretty underrated franchise. Like I think people forget how like actually like pretty good they were, you know. I need to rewatch them. Oh. I do too. I haven't seen them forever. Those are like some of my dad's favorite movies. I need to I need to watch them again. All right, next one. I think this one, I think this is a uh this is like a uh, like a ten seven matchup where it's like you think the ten can pull it off, but they're not going to. Social network over the shining. The the social network's the ten. Social network's the seven. Where it's like maybe the shining could do it. Nah, it, social it, network all the way. It gives you enough to think, but for me, I think this decision is like a like a sixty forty social network over. The Shining, even though they're both incredible movies, The Social Network is just, I mean, it's insanely fun to watch. As as we talk about unique movies, this is something good that Nate did was putting movies that are completely unique on here. Mm-hmm. And The Social Network is about as unique as they come with just the story of Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Facebook. It's incredible. One of the funniest, but also depressing movies that you'll ever see. I think this I is... I think this is an interesting matchup because Social Network's obviously David Fincher and then The Shining Stanley Kubrick. And those are two of like, like if you think of like perfectionist directors, like those are the two guys that come to mind, you know, like those are two guys that everything has to be perfect in their films and they always are for the most part. So I think this is for a preview of later to the director bracket. I think that's a, this is a good matchup. So uh, Ben, I think I know it, but uh, why, don't, why don't you give us your vote? Yeah, Social Network. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, last last one for the round of sixteen. Sorry to bother you in the dark night. Dark night. Dark night. Ooh. It's dark night. It has to be. Just saying. I'm gonna go with sorry to bother you. Wow. Just to play devil's advocate a little bit. This was actually <laughs> this is my second hardest decision. Uh just because the dark night is without a doubt the best superhero movie ever made because it's not really a superhero movie. And it's just Christopher Nolan, it's very well done. But just out of sheer like nostalgia and <laughs> just memories watching the movie, I still love Sorry to Bother You, and I think it becomes more and more prevalent in today's society. But I'm also not going to like argue for anyone choosing The Dark Knight over it. It's just a personal preference type thing. So that does it for the first round. We're going to go into round the, two, uh, the final four, uh, actually. It'd be the right. Elite Eight. No, the Elite Eight. Yeah, you're right. Nate drew the lines really bad on this thing, so it looked like the Final Four. But the first matchup in the Elite Eight is La La Land versus Prisoners. I'm just going to come out and say my answer is La La Land without a doubt. It's number one on my list. It probably always will be. And I know Alex is probably going to say Prisoners, but I'll let you make it. Yeah, I really, really want to say Prisoners because I really love Prisoners, but I think La La Land has to take this. It's... It's a tough matchup. Like I, I will say, shout out Nate for making this. I really do appreciate it. I feel the left side of the bracket has a little more heavy hitters than the right side, you know. But I guarantee he put like fifteen minutes of thought into this just because his just because his brain's that cinematically big. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like oh, there's a lot of good movies on here. I but Elliot helped him with it too. Oh, Elliot! Shout out, shout out, former guest Elliot and uh, Nate Magic. Okay. Um, the only problem I have with prisoners is uh, zero Paul Danos in this movie, but that's <laughs> it. That's the only negative I have on it. So it's going to be La La Land. So La La Land makes the queen the clean sweep into the final four. 
La La Land, but Sebastian is played by Paul Dano. I'd watch it. <laughs> That'd be the true incels film. Okay, turn from like that the would, smoothest that would way be, in Hollywood to like that the would be the opposite. That would be the theater boys, like most <laughs> the his film period. Paul Dano's La La Land is like your local high school wanted to put on La La Land for their spring musical, and it's just is bad. Yeah, that would be. I'd I'd watch it. Shout out, Mister Stone. Uh, the next matchup is Goodfellas and Django Unchained. Ben, I'm going to give it to you first, even though you already know you lost. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, this is the opposite of what I'm seeing on my personal bracket. But between those two, um, I mean, it just comes down to entertainment value. Django Unchained. Uh, yeah, I, I'd second it. I'd second it. I really want to say Goodfellas. My heart's telling me Django Unchained. No, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll second it. Yes. No. no, go get your shine box. Come on, come on. No. Okay. okay, moving on. Hey, get the papers, get the papers. No, no, moving on. Flame. Uh, good fellas. It it should win. That. Yeah, but it didn't. It was out in the Elite Eight. Oh, moving on. I think what gets it for me is how much the third act drags at times in Good Fellas. Like the first two acts are literally incredible. Like some of the best movies ever. Part, Come like, on, cinematic masterpieces ever. The third act drags. Come on, I had a cooler in the kitchen and a bowl of coke next to the bed. Come on, man. All, All right, right, man. We can move All on right. to the bracket. So, stars Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, two George Lucas films. Oh yeah, they produced one. He didn't direct the other one. They, yeah. they're written by Georgie. All right. um, uh, Empire Strikes Back. I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back for me too. Eh, I, I was, I was, I'm going Raiders, but I, I mean, not a, like it matters. I haven't seen these two movies in a while, so my opinion might change if I watch them like tomorrow. But whatever. Uh, next one, Social Network, Dark Knight, Social Network. This is easy. Social Network. Yep, yep. Social Network sweeps the way into the final four. Sorry, all, all right. incel fans of the podcast. All right, was- final four. I was getting ready to prepare my La La Land and Goodfellas argument because it was actually a little closer than you might expect, but Jake uh, had an Oral Roberts Ohio State moment right there. But but Alex busted my balls and uh and went to the feds. Probably Max Asmus Asmus, bro. Oral Roberts point guard. Let's go. All right. Final well, four. Django Unchained. A little bit of a little bit of a Cinderella story here with Django Unchained, I gotta say. Oh my gosh. So dorky. Um, I'll choose La La Land with mine, uh, mostly because I didn't see Django going this far in the first place. That's what I'm saying. It's a Cinderella. Yeah, La La Land. Uh, <laughs> I'll play Devil's Advocate, La La Land. <laughs> All right. The devil uh, still chooses La La Land. Well, uh, He's racist. That's why. Uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, Social Network. Social Network. Uh, I'm going to go Empire Strikes Back. This is, I mean, as I already said, it's always been my favorite movie until pretty much the last year. I, I love Social Network, but it doesn't really bring out that feeling to me like Empire Strikes Back always does. Man, I get that feeling every time Hand Covers Bruce comes over uh, Mark Zuckerberg walking in the snow, man. It's it's, it's going to be Social Network. What's your reasoning? Uh, I just did. Um, okay. No, uh, music, amaz- music is amazing. It's written by Sorkin. It's directed by Fincher. What else do you need to know? That's like the ultimate duo, Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher. Yeah, that that I, that's pretty awesome. All right. 
in the championship. championship. La Land, <laughs> Social Network. I think just a heads up, I think this is a lot closer than maybe we would let on. Than our answers are going to be. <laughs> I really want to say the Social Network. I'll say it right now. I watched it a few weeks ago, and I, I forgot how incredible it was. Mm-hmm. I'll let someone else go first. I'll be the tiebreaker if I need to. Uh, La La Land for me. I mean, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. It's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's amazing. It is the perfect film in my eyes. Um, I love Social Network so much. I mean, it's so amazing. First time I watched it, I watched it the next two nights in a row again. But it did not almost make me cry like La La Land did. So I called my eyes on La La Land. I'll admit it. I'm a man. I yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll join the majority. La La Land. All right. That's our bracket. You already said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jake did the Jake did the movie bracket. Uh, but uh, I now, do, now it's uh, my turn. Now it's my turn. I'm doing the director bracket. Oh. So Alex will take the actor bracket after Ben takes us through the directors. Oh yeah. Okie dokie. And I'm I'm a speeder on this guy. All right. Uh the first matchup is Christopher Nolan versus Quentin Tarantino. After that it's Martin Scorsese versus Guy Ritchie. After that it's Denis Villeneuve versus Damien Chazelle. That's a tough one. Uh after that it's Spike Lee versus Greta Gerwig. That's not a tough one. Um on the other side of the bracket, we got David Fincher versus Steven Spielberg, Jordan Peele versus George Lucas. The Cohen Bros versus Wes Anderson and Edgar Wright versus Stanley Kubrick. Alex, right. who are man, you? I don't. I don't even know who to pick. Quentin Tarantino. Fuck man, I don't know because these these two guys were my favorite. Both of my both of them were my favorite uh, directors at one point. Um, I think uh, Nate 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 fucking knows what I'm gonna pick. He, he makes fun of me for it. I'm gonna go with Tarantino. <laughs> I just think it's because Tarantino's movies have more rewatchability than Nolan's movies do. Like 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 The Dark Knight I'll watch, you know, any day of the week. But like like some days I don't want to go through the mental jumps that, of Inception and the Prestige. And sometimes I want to sit back and watch a fun movie like Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards, you know. <laughs> so, I'm going to go I'm going to go Quentin Tarantino here. Roommate of the podcast uh put on Inception at 2 a.m. A couple of weeks ago, and Dude, so did I. It was insufferable. <laughs> Dude, no, watching Inception at two AM is the only way to watch Inception. No, that's purgatory, bro. Have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? Uh, Quentin Tarantino. I'm a film bro. Is that your answer? Yeah, I, I'm going Tarantino. Just out of the same reasoning Alex did. Uh, film rewatchability. Uh, don't watch Nolan movies past one in the morning, like I did Dunkirk. Uh, I don't know what happened. Dunkirk's good. It's just boring. Like it's a good boring, but it's boring. Like uh, if I watched that at four p.m., it very well could be in my top ten movies of all time. But since I watched it at one in the morning, uh, it was just another war movie. That could. I, I didn't know if I. I didn't know if I accidentally scrolled onto Tumblr, uh, Tumblr girl Twitter, um, in the middle of the movie. But I think Harry Styles was in it. I don't know. He it was. was he was. Yep. Yeah, I was, was, I was, I was Is that my boy Harry? Answer. And it was. Airy. Uh yeah, no. It's it's gotta be Tarantino, man. Come on. All right. Next one. I think this is a absolute land. This is a one V sixteen matchup, man. Martin Scorsese all the way. 
Yeah, not even close. Guy Ritchie did the Sherlock movie, the Sherlock Holmes movies with the Robert Downey Jr. I don't know, man. I really enjoyed his take on Aladdin in 2016. Why is Guy Ritchie on this list? Like, I would think <laughs> uh, it's because of the gentleman. It's because of Snatch. Those are just like decent movies. Though. Snatch is pretty good, but have yeah. You seen, have you seen both of them? Have you seen either of them? I've seen Gentleman. Zoe, is that the one with Mark Wahlberg or fucking all right, all right, all right guy? Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I saw the Sherlock, Sherlock <laughs> I saw the Sherlock movies and um, that's enough for me. You said yeah, I didn't see it. I've only seen the Sherlock movies. Okay. Thank that's you. enough for me. All right, next one. Denny Villeneuve, Damien Chazelle. Jake, what is it? Well, I know what you're gonna say. I'm gonna go Damien Chazelle. One, he made my favorite movie of all time, and he also made Whiplash, which is also one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Uh, I love Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Villeneuve. Villeneuve. But he's he's just a notch below Chazelle for me. Okay. Um, I feel like I know what Alex is gonna say, but I'm just gonna interrupt him anyways. Um, I'm going with Villeneuve. I mean, come on, man, you can't argue yep, with his yep, discography. Twenty-nine prisoners, enemy. Yep, I'll, I'll agree Arrival, with you. Man. The the impending um, apocalypse that will be Dune twenty twenty one. Between Blade Runner, prisoners, I I there's no doubt in my mind Dune's going to be good. Like I I, I know it's going to be good. And uh, enemy, Damien, uh, Denis Villeneuve all the way. I like Chazelle, but look at like. Like Whiplash and La La Land were incredible, but like that's it, you know. This was easily the hardest one to do, but going purely off of volume of discography and the fact that Damien Chazelle had two amazing movies and then one just kind of male one mm. versus Vinnie Villeneuve's who has four at least amazing films. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's hard, but it's got to be that. Uh, I think this one's pretty obvious. Greta Gerwig, pretty easy. I've never seen a Greta Ger- Gerwig film, so Spike Lee. Have you, have you seen, seen a? You haven't seen, seen a Little Women, or I haven't seen Lady Bird or Little Women. Dang. Lady Bird's, I think, is on Netflix. It's good. It's I think it's one of the best coming of age movies I've seen. That was yeah, one yeah. of really good movies over quarantine that I about watched like fifteen different times, but chose something over it, and then just never got around to it. Cool. I don't I, know if I, you'd I, like it, but it is a good movie. I about cared. Because I'm choosing Greta Gerwig. You're outranked. Shout out Nate because he put Greta Gerwig and not Noah Baumbach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, he knows our pod. Anyway, except for Jake. Um, anyways, what's up next is David Fincher versus Steven Spielberg. Um, this is we're all year olds in 2021. I think I know which one we're going to choose. Yeah. David Fincher. <laughs> I, I have my hot take. I think Spielberg movies are overrated. Um, oh. But yeah, I think Fincher's incredible. It's uh, my my championship is no doubt going to be Tarantino and Fincher, and that's a tough decision for me. But David Fincher all the way. Uh, with all due respect to Steven Spielberg, Fincher by by a lot. Man, <laughs> uh, 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 your age is age is showing because uh, the Social Network's um, uh, Facebook guy is. Uh, the seventies uh, ET when Spielberg dropped it, so uh, that didn't land. So did you pick land. Spielberg or I, I chose Spielberg. Spielberg. Okay, okay, that bit right. didn't work. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, next one: George Lucas, Jordan Peele. Jordan uh, Peele makes the best horror movies. Horror Shadow Man. We were all going to make that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was inevitable. Um, 
George Lucas, not for his directing abilities, but for creating the greatest movie franchise of all time and making Indiana all- Jones. Oh, and yeah. also making a very good film in American Graffiti. Yep. George Lucas. With all due respect to Jordan Peele, who makes pretty good horror movies. I thought Us was just okay. Well, he's saying it. Yeah, it's 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 going to Peel. George Lucas, is cool, but I mean, a lot of his stuff like he like needed script editing like constantly during the original trilogy, and his vision is amazing for creating that entire universe. But personally, entertainment wise, I still love Get Out and Us a lot, so I'm turning Peel. All right. Next, Next is Cohen Brothers and Wes Anderson. Whoa. I, think uh, I, I know you're going so Alex, you go. Cohen Brothers easy. Uh, I know our local Wes Anderson impersonator is going to pick uh, pick his uh, – he, he was the first guy that I've ever heard, like, you mentioned was, like, your favorite filmmaker. Yeah. I remember I, I remember I asked you, like, sophomore year high school or something like that. But um, Cohen Bros, I think their movies are incredible. I love the Cohen Brothers – just vision, creative ability. I think their movies are nothing like you see a lot. They're the some of the best directors. I think probably the third best director working in Hollywood right now. So, well, duo. Um, going bros. I'll go Ben. Ben, you go. Yeah, you called it. Um, my former favorite filmmaker of all time um, is it's got to be Wes Anderson. I mean, his direction and his cinematography style is linear, but so distinct and visually stimulating and his very witty and dry sense of humor, something that I appeal to as someone who in the last matchup clearly prove proved how witty I really was. So yep. Wes Anderson, Jake, you're the tiebreaker. So I believe this is the first tiebreaker of the entire, I guess. Yeah. The first tiebreaker of the entire bracket so far and I'm going to go with the Coen brothers just out of sheer like joy while watching the films. I mean, Raising Arizona, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou are very fun movies, but Fargo and No Country for Old Men are two of the best kind of thriller drama movies that are out there. Uh, with all due respect to Wes Anderson, I think Coen brothers, not by a landslide, by, but by quite a bit. For me, if you I, will, I down, will plug that both of you need to watch Inside Lewin Davis. I, I've been meaning to get, but like Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Hail Caesar, Burn After Reading, No Country for Old Men, The Big Lebowski. Uh, You've seen, for, um, you uh, you really enjoyed uh, Hail Caesar and Ballad like of Buster Scruggs. No, oh, they did on they did Unbroken too. That uh, I didn't know that. No, they didn't. They produced they, that probably. They they did. Angelina Jolie directed it. I All right, what's what's the last matchup, Ben? Called it. Last one is Edgar Wright versus Stanley Kubrick. Ooh. Kubrick. What? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, why? Nate's going to absolutely kill me, but Edgar Wright made the best comedy film of all time. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh. Oh, you're (laughs) saying it. (laughs) I came out and said it. Oh, he's saying it. Oh, he's. Saying I might it. agree. I still need to watch it. I'm. You I don't can't know say you might agree, and also I might agree. I, I still need to watch Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, stop not watching it. Out of I want to watch it. I'm just. I. I just put it off because like I really want to like enjoy it and pay attention to it, but I just I haven't been like feeling like I can. I really want to take it for what it is. But you yeah. thought I was gonna say Ant Man, didn't you? What? 
I'm choosing Edgar Wright. I mean, I love all yeah. of his films. All five yeah, of them yeah. are amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen all five of them, but I watched it in excellent. Bruges. I started Hot Fuzz. He didn't right. do In Bruges. Who did In Bruges? That was Martin McDonough. And that's not yeah. a comedy at all. <laughs> it's a dark comedy. <laughs> it's listed as a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All right, okay. Ben, early date. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Okay, next we got the probably the hardest one, I guess, for you guys, which is Tarantino versus Martin Scorsese. Uh, Tarantino. Scorsese for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, think Scorsese, I think they both do their each style great, but... Like if you're giving me like, I don't know what's a good like if you're giving me Goodfellas or fucking Inglorious Bastards, I'm taking Inglorious Bastards every time. It's just a more fun watch. It's a tough competition between fictionalized historical event and Italian, but mm. I'm going to choose Tarantino. <laughs> That's all Scorsese films are. It's just Italian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, he has one Irish movie. The Irish. <laughs> It's not even the Irishman, it's the Departed. It's it's it's, it's he was, was a made man. It's Italian or Irish Italian. So we, we just Whatever. had to sit there and take it. Alright. Uh next one. Denny Villeneuve, Greta Gerwig. Villeneuve, easy. Villeneuve for me too, by default. Uh yeah, Villeneuve <laughs> by default. Yeah, it's Villeneuve. As somebody who's watched pretty much all of both of theirs, yeah, it's Villeneuve. All right, next one. David Fincher. Uh, ben, you're the fucking lead on this. You go. Yes, yeah, shut up. Okay, uh, David Fincher versus Jordan Peele. David Fincher, easy. Hmm. Damn. I don't know. Uh, Jordan Peele does make the best horror movie. Wait, no, it's George Lucas. Didn't Jake say George Lucas? Yeah, I did say George Lucas. What? Yeah. yeah you're the only one that said Peele, bruh. Yeah, I'm busy. Uh, okay, yep. Yeah. Okay, oh, this is going to be a hard one. Uh, George Lucas versus uh, uh, Jordan Fincher. You pick. Mm, I don't know. Attack of the Clones or Seven? I'll go Fincher. Alex? Fincher, easy. Okay, yeah, Fincher. (laughs) All right, last one. Edgar Wright. This isn't the last one. It is. The second to last one. It's uh, Wes Anderson versus Edgar Wright. No, it's the Coen Brothers versus Edgar Wright. The Coen Brothers versus Edgar Wright. Yeah. Uh, easy, Cohen Bros. Uh, Cohen Bros for me too. I think Dang. they took the cake. I hate this podcast. Yeah, I chose Edgar Wright. Um, all right. We don't um, like your quirky comedy. What we got finally is uh, Tarantino versus Villeneuve. What we feel. Uh, this is a lot closer than I probably have let on, but Tarantino. But I I love Denny Villeneuve. Dune's going to be so good. Yeah, Tarantino for me. That. Not really a contest after he <laughs> knocked out my boy Scorsese. For me, okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Tarantino. It's, Tarantino. it's re- <laughs> shut up. It's rewatchability. <laughs> it's entertainment value, and Villeneuve is amazing. And who knows that might change after Doom. Um, last we got Fincher versus Cohen Bros. What we think? My last, I wish we could just keep these last three, man. These are my three favorite people working. Um, Fincher, I think. Nice. The movies are different, but Fincher's are just, Fincher movies are perfection. You know, they're incredible. There's very little flaws in any of them. So. I love Fincher. I like the Coen brothers. So I, I've got to go Fincher by quite a bit here. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't anticipate this because I had right going deeper. <laughs> 
um, just like Oral Roberts. But no, I oh, think Oral. that. Um, yeah, I gotta go with Fincher, even though I had to pause for a second because I really enjoy the Coen Brothers. I love Burn After Reading. I love Inside Lewin Davis. I love Raising His Arizona. And whatever the one that Alex seems to like a little bit. Hail Caesar. Uh, but yeah. Um, so final matchup is Tarantino versus Fincher. What are we feeling, boys? For me, it's David Fincher by just, by just a bit. Really? Really? My reasoning for this is Fincher's best versus Tarantino's best. Fincher's are going to make me think more. <laughs> affect my opinion slightly more. Make me finch more. Like Gone Girl, I didn't stop thinking about that for a week after I saw it. And a week after I saw, in, or I guess an hour after I saw Glorious Bastards, I'm like, wow, that was a pretty entertaining movie. And that's the difference for me. I think Fincher okay. makes it leave a huge impact. Fincher made me. Fincher did such a good job with Zodiac. I watched it two days in a row. Um, and it's like a three-hour movie. It's two, like two and a half. But yeah, I was right the first time. Okay, but it's Fincher's. Fincher's incredible. His are not only Tarantino's are entertaining. They're funny. There's action, but Fincher's <laughs> is all of that. Fincher's is all of that and more. You know, it's the perfection of David Fincher. Match with just great writing. You know, all of his movies are written so well, whether it's by Sorkin or even his dad with uh, Mank. That nothing, everything about Fincher's movies are incredible. Okay. Thing is, for me, okay, maybe I just need to rewatch them, but it's the things like the splotches on his career. Like, I haven't seen Curious Case of Benjamin Button, but I remember it not being amazing when I first watched it. I might need that to rewatch. Um, I haven't seen The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, and believe it or not, I haven't seen Fight Club all the way through. Fight Club. Then, there's also things like The Game, which, like, I mean, those are granted, these are very good movies still. I'm sure that they're better than average movies, but I just haven't gotten around to seeing them, and in my mind, are just that better than average. The thing is, is that Tarantino's are iconic, and I kind of can't ignore that in a sense. But. Yeah, whatever. Go off, Kings. Uh, yeah, the winner of the director's bracket is David Fincher. Are you taking Tarantino, then? I am, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you made me think. Your argument made me think a little more. I think I'm still going to go Fincher, but oh. it's, th- this is tough. This is really – these might be the two of the best directors working in Hollywood right now. Uh, um, call it. Uh, uh, Fincher. Yeah. No, the Coen Brothers reference. It's already over. I'm sorry. What's the most you've lost in a coin flip? All right, Alex. So now it's time for you to take us through the actors slash actresses for our uh, all-inclusive Turbo Team podcast March Madness episode. Um, so we will say there was only one female director on the directors, uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, I'll acknowledge that. I wish we had more, but uh, what are you going to do, I guess? Shout out. Take it out with Nate. Uh, all right. So, first matchup we got Leonardo DiCaprio versus Tom Hanks. Does that say Tom Hanks or John Ham? <laughs> I guess the first time too. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, wait, is that John Ham or Tom? It's, Hanks? I think it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom let's Hanks. Do, I, I think let's it's do, let's do John Hanks. So, uh, first matchup, top left, we got Leo versus Tom Hanks. Second, we got Jesse Plemons versus Daniel Kaluuya. Third, Ryan Gosling, Adam Driver. Fourth, Brie Larson, Jamie Foxx. Uh, top right, we got Jake Gyllenhaal, Christian Bale, Chadwick Boseman, Jack Nicholson. That's going to get interesting. 
Lakeith Stanfield, Francis McDormand, and Brad Pitt, Amy Adams. So uh, pretty good. I think this is the most balanced bracket out of you all. You see, friend of the program, Nate Magic, knew that Lakeith Stanfield and Francis McDormand were tied for appearances on the show, so he purposely matched them up in the first round. Thanks. Does this count as an appearance? Can I tell you that? No, I, I'm just assuming. Uh, all right. He doesn't listen that much. Let's get into it. I think that I so saw first matchup, Leonardo DiCaprio versus Tom Hanks. I think this is pretty easy. Leo. John, did you guys? John Hamm was pretty good in tag. John Hamm. Uh, did you guys see that? Uh, I don't know if it's a TikTok or a tweet, but it was like, every, like whenever a director in Hollywood or producers making a big like budget movie, the first call is always Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, like yeah. they always like. I, there's a there's a joke going around Hollywood where if you like land a big role, you were the second one to get it behind Leo. Like there's a reason everybody wants it for their movies. And it's yeah, Leo's, Leo's awesome. No doubt him over Hanks for me, even though Hanks has a very iconic and storied career. It doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't compare to DiCaprio's for me, though. Yeah, he's the, he's the Hollywood uh, A-list uh, nice guy. We're, we're, we're choosing the Hollywood A-list bad boy, yeah. He was at one point. Now he just dates women 20 years younger than him. Yeah, All right, he, next he doesn't one. have a son named Chet. Next one. Jake's mortal enemy, Jesse Plemons. Where's Daniel Kaluuya? Um, uh, I don't need an argument. Uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, Alex, you're next. I want to go last because this is tough for me. No, I was doing a bit. You should have said Jesse Plemons too, so oh, Jake yeah. would have to suffer through it. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, I picked Daniel Kalula. Um, Jesse does good in every scumbag role that he's given, which are the only roles that he's given. But, yeah, Daniel Kalula – and like the small body of work that he's done so far, he kills it all the time. I'll go Daniel Kaluuya too. Um, I always thought knew he was a good actor. I always thought he was a, probably one of the better ones in Hollywood. What? After watching Judas and the Black Messiah, man, he's fucking he's one of the best actors working right now. Um, that performance was incredible. He's a great actor, Daniel Kaluuya all the, all all day. Even after to see Jesse Plemons' name on this list hurts my eyes so much. I hate Jesse Plemons. Jesse, if you're listening to this, you better not listen ever again or I'll find you. Uh, <laughs> it's a family podcast, but man, I hate Jesse Plemons with a burning passion. For no reason. He, he was in, I think, he was in, um, I'm thinking of ending things. That's the only reason he needs. That's a terrible reason. <laughs> that's, that's my reasoning right there. The funniest thing about you, Jake, is how you despise Jesse Plemons because he starred in one movie. <laughs> uh, never stopping for milkshakes. All right, the next one. Uh, this one's fun. Ryan Gosling, Adam Driver. I know that you typically can't vote for yourself, but I'm going to do it. Ryan Gosling. I'll vote for myself, Adam Driver. <laughs> okay, um, I'm uh, voting for myself, uh, Michael Sarah, but white. Um, no, that's a plug for my TikTok, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, with this, I know I hate to break your guys' tie, but I mean, I really love Adam Driver and the four things I've seen him in, but Ryan Gosling, man, his list goes on forever. Man, man's puts in work. I watched Crazy Stupid Love earlier this month, and it's so good. It's a funny movie. You love it when he's in those funny roles, don't you? <laughs> when you are, he's one of the more um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Decorated, not decorated. He he does like a he can do a lot. He can diverse. Yeah, 
comedy is actually <laughs> when, uh, when, I think, when I think of Ryan Gosling, I think diversity. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling is MLK. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the the diverse Ryan Gosling starring in the most diverse film of all time, La La Land. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, J.K. Legend. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say all J.K. Right. Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one. Um, probably the weakest one so far, Brie Larson, Jamie Foxx. Um, I want to say Brie Larson just for her cover of Black Sheep and Scott Pilgrim, but uh, you haven't even seen the movie. I've seen the song and I love the song on TikTok, not on YouTube, asshole. Um, Watch the movie around. I will eventually <laughs> shut up. I'm hosting. Um, <laughs> Jamie Foxx is uh, he's okay, he's okay, but between Jingo and Chained and Char and uh, his Ray, uh, Ray Charles uh, biopic. The biopic, I think, uh, I think he easily takes the cake here. Did you watch that? A little bit. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw him in it. He didn't. Um, even though I want to vote for um, community alum Brie Larson, I gotta go with a uh, crazy man um, Snake. I don't. I forgot what he was called. Baby Driver. I don't know. I really enjoyed him in Django and Shade and Baby Driver. And for the life of me, I just can't think of anything else that he's in. All right. So for our next matchup on the uh, top right, we got Jake Gyllenhaal and Christian Bale. I think. I think this is probably a little closer than you would think, but uh, for me, I gotta go Gyllenhaal. I think. I I think he's probably the best actor in Hollywood right now. So uh, I got I gotta give my my, uh, my ups to my boy uh, Jilly. Your 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 Jake Jilly. Yeah, me and me and Jilly are like that, bro. That's weird. Two Don't call her Jilly. <laughs> two peas in a pod. Okay, this was a hard one for me too. Um, just thinking about because I appreciate both of their work, but I mean, looking at the differences in roles that they take, I feel like Bale shows more versatility and the range of emotions and just the characters that he takes on. So along with that, and just the fact that I enjoy his body of work more, um, I'm choosing Christian Bale. So I, I see both sides, but I'm going to go with the uh, tiebreaker for me as what body of work I enjoy more. And I think I enjoyed Gyllenhaal's movies slightly more than Bale's movies just with, um, and I might disagree a little bit with the variety of things, just with like the difference between a movie like Zodiac and wildlife. Uh, Although they're both dramatic roles, I think the style of movie is very different. I think Gyllenhaal nails pretty much every single role he's in. So just by just by a hair, I'm going to go with Gyllenhaal. I disagree with Ben's point about how Gyllenhaal's roles are all the same. I, I I'm think not they're, saying they're all the same. I'm just saying that they're very similar at times. Like like Nightcrawler and Zodiac and Wildlife. Like those are all very different roles. Yeah, I, I, I totally know. There's similar shades and all. I mean, Nightcrawler is the obvious example of being very different. But, I mean, seeing him in, I don't know, wildlife is sort of similar to seeing him in I Am in Blanking on movies that he's in right now. Spider-Man. I made the point that it did. No, I, enemy? Enemy? likes of you. Enemy? Yeah. All right, anyway. I, I I don't need to argue. Same guy. All right, 
Next one. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, Jack Nicholson. This one was difficult in a sense, but then I realized I don't really watch a whole lot of Jack Nicholson movies. I've seen uh, I've seen One Flew. I've seen Shining. I've seen A Few Good Men. I've seen him courtside of the Lakers game, spilling chili all over the court. The Departed. Yeah, Departed. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> go. Honestly, I, at this point, it's just the memes. And looking at yeah. the actual work that I've seen, I gotta go with Chadwick. Really? You made it seem like you're gonna say Jack Nicholson because no, you're like man. I've only seen like a few movies, and then you list off like five movies. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I mean Chadwick kills it in Get On Up in Forty Two and Ma Rainey's as a King T'Challa. <laughs> I still have to watch Ma Rainey's. Um, we'll probably do that in a couple weeks. That's uh, my favorite performance of his. Yeah, I have no doubt that it's a good performance. Um, I'll probably enjoy it. Uh, man, it's kind of the situation with Denis Villeneuve and uh, Damien Chazelle, where Villeneuve probably has the better body of work, but. Chazelle's two movies were incredible, you know, and Chad Chadwick Boseman probably has the body of work, but I'm gonna go against what I said earlier. And Jack Nicholson's incredible, man. Like he's there's a reason he's one of the most memorable faces in Hollywood. He's like The Shining. You can't watch The Shining, One Who Flew, The Departed, and not think this guy is one of the best to ever do it. You know, so Jack Nicholson, um, pretty easy for me. So for me, I think. What's cool about this matchup is they both have a very um, big sense as far as like the movies that they're in would not be anywhere similar without them. Like you can't do, I feel like you can't do 42 without Chadwick. I don't think you, you obviously can't do black Panther without Chadwick, but on the same side of things, I don't think anyone else can play the role that he did in one, in one flew over or the shining. I about said one shining moment, (laughs) which would be really in line with March madness. Uh, but I think for me, I'm going to give the edge over, uh, with Jack Nicholson over T'Challa just because of, uh, his interview on the Eric Andre show, uh, which was totally 100% him. But in all, in all honesty, I think watching the departed for the first time a couple months ago, definitely, um, or debt didn't definitely, but barely pushed Nicholson over the edge for me. And I think that's mainly just because. His top three movies, I would rather watch over T'Challa's. Why do I keep calling him T'Challa? Over Chad. I think you're just proving your point by calling him T'Challa. Okay, anyways, Alex, next. Um, rest in peace, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Anyway, next one. Kind of a kind of a fun little uh, fun little nugget here. Uh, old name magic put in. Lakeith Stanfield, Francis McDormand. Both are tied for most movies shown on the Turbo Team podcast. So... Two very different actors, but uh, pretty interesting. Uh, pretty interesting uh, matchup here. I've said it from the start of this podcast. Lakeith is one of my favorite actors. So, although I enjoy Frances' work, she was incredible in Nomadland. She's going to win an award. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield in Atlanta is a top three character of all time. I really enjoy Frances McDormand's films. Um, I've seen quite a bit of them, but D- Darius in Atlanta and. This past movie with uh, Juice and Black Messiah, it goes to Lakeith, man. He's one of the best. He's one of the more fun actors in Hollywood, you know. He's he's also very diverse. I think as far as going back from playing the, he is uh, he is diverse his- in the same sense that Ryan Gosling is diverse. I also thought he played Jackie Robinson in Forty Two for probably longer than I should have 
thought he played Jackie Robinson in 42. That would make that movie so much better, honestly. I know. I know. I know. Like, like Chadwick Boseman passed away, and I was like, wait, he's Jackie Robinson? I thought that was Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. Um, even though you guys have already decided for this uh, pick, I actually kind of disagreed because I love some Lakeith. I love him as an actor, as a person, and everything that he's been in. But going off of specific roles and the versatility and the range in which they're able to bleed in and just experience, create an experience for the viewer through their roles, um, I chose Francis McDormand because she's able to be so energetic and just show different shades of herself, whether it's in Raising Arizona and Fargo or it's the depth that she can show at times with Nomadland yeah. or Three Billboards or it's the shallowness she can show in Burn After Reading. Um, yeah. personally, uh, she's just more versatile of an actor in my opinion, but I still love Lakeith. I, I, I would agree with that. I just think I kind of enjoy Lakeith a little more. Um, and that's what gives me the nod, gives him the nod here. But I mean, I could, I would be fine picking either of these. They're both incredible actors. Uh, final one for the round of 64, uh, Brad Pitt and Amy Adams. Um, this is easy. Uh, I'm going to go Brad Pitt here, not because I don't think Amy Adams, I, Amy Adams is an incredible actor. I think she's probably the most underrated actor in Hollywood, but I hated sharp objects. And, uh, so for that, Brad Pitt gets not here because Amy Adams signed on for that show and that show was terrible. Yeah, it, it's Brad Pitt. It, one of the most decorated of all time in Hollywood as far as uh, just big pictures and and as far as wins in Hollywood go. Brad Pitt's awesome. He's entertaining. He's just, he's Brad Pitt. Yeah, that that's it. Um, yeah, no. Once again, uh, I just haven't seen a whole lot of what Amy Adams is in. And what she is in, personally, I just don't see the hype. <laughs> don't see the hype. Wasn't the um, no, rival... Wasn't Arrival pretty good? It was, but, I mean, her performance was understated. There was lots of pain within her character, but at the same time, it kind of came across as just, like, you know, another good Amy Adams performance. While Brad Pitt, on the other hand, can kind of go off the handle some, or a lot of times, as in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Burn After Reading, or many of the serious roles that he takes. Seven, Glorious Bastards. Brad Pitt, I think... Yeah. Over as time goes on, I think he becomes more and more underrated as an actor. You know. So. Yep. No, Brad Pitt. All right, round of eight, elite eight, uh, first matchup: Leonardo DiCaprio versus Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, good. This is this is a good matchup, but it goes to Leo in my book. Yeah, Kaluuya is a, a few years off, a few movies off. I think he can get there eventually, but yeah, right now <laughs> just the body of work. Leo plays a through Millie's off. A few movies. Okay, yeah. Not dog. Not friend of the. Not dog. Friends. Dog of the program. Millie. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but no. Uh, like you guys said, it's just amount of body of work. So I'm going with Leo too. All right. Next up. Uh, we said. Do we say Adam Driver? Ryan Gosling. Gosling. All right. Ryan Gosling versus B- Brie Larson. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Ch- uh, shout out Jake. <laughs> uh, I will also be voting for Jake in this category. In case Brie Larson sees this, uh, you can have my vote. <laughs> Jake. Consolation vote. All right, next. Jake Gyllenhaal and Jack Nicholson. Uh... Ben, you go first. Man, we, we we always disagreed on this. I had had the opposite for both of these next picks, but I'm going off of those two. I got to go Gyllenhaal. Ben's, uh, 
Ben's running. Uh, uh, Ben's having a Tony Snell game right now. Uh, I'm gonna go. Jail, I'm gonna go Jalen Hall too. Yep, I'm gonna go Jalen Hall as much as I loved uh, Jack Nicholson and the Departed. Uh, Jalen Hall takes the cake. Yeah. All right, last matchup in the lead eight: Lakeith Stanfield, Brad Pitt. This is a good matchup. I'm gonna go with Brad Pitt. I say it's not a good matchup because I think it's Brad Pitt by a pretty far margin, in my personal opinion. As much as I love Lakeith. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with Ben on this as far as just everything, Brad yeah. by <laughs> by a couple miles. I yeah, think the same at Tony Snell game. I think Lakeith needs a little more movies under his belt. Also, I think a lot of Lakeith is just likability. Um he's a yeah. very likable guy. Not that Brad Pitt isn't, but Lakeith's more. Uh all right. Final four. So first wait, no, this is the uh this is the, the yeah, final yeah, four. Right. All right, we got Leonardo DiCaprio. And Brie Larson. No, I'm just kidding. It's Ryan Gosling. Uh, nice fake out. Yeah, people really fell for it. Uh, I'm gonna go Leo. Pretty easy. Why? I just like I like I said before. Like he's the first call for every movie for a reason. He's he bodies every yeah. role he's in. Um, like name one bad Leo performance. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen them all. Give me two seconds. Oh, uh, like, basketball stories. I've never heard of that. Like Wolf of Wall Street, no, Departed, The Departed, which I think is his best movie. I did. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> Shut up. You, uh, you asked the question. I've I haven't seen it, so I'm not gonna. Uh, the Beach, um, The Man in the Iron Mask. All right, shut up, Ben. Uh, All right, I'm gonna go Leo. I'm gonna go Leo. Uh, pretty easy pick for me. I like Ryan Gosling. Shout out to my co-host, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. All right, Ryan Gosling, you pick. Uh. This is actually pretty close, uh, but I think just out of how much I love Ryan Gosling, I, I got to go with uh, Brie Larson um, if <laughs> here. But I'll give the vote to Ryan Gosling just because of the roles that he's been in and some of my favorite movies of all time. Like We've already stated it. I absolutely love La La Land. Uh, the Nice Guys is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Blade Runner 2049, he kills it. Um, there's so many more. I, I already talked about crazy, stupid love. Really funny. I think Gosling kills it from uh, him looking at Emma Stone as she's walking out of the restaurant and makes me cry. But he's also hilarious as we see in the nice guys. So I'm going to give Gosling the slight edge over DiCaprio, but I can't argue. I, I can't really argue against DiCaprio, but I can't argue for Gosling. Yeah, Ben tiebreaker. So we're trying to name any, but uh, let me just list some uh, Ryan Gosling movies for you, okay? Uh, we got Stay. Uh, we got Drive. We got Crazy Stupid Love. We got The Ides of March. We got Blue Valentine. We got Gangster. Okay, I haven't seen Gangster Squad. We got La La Land. We got Place Beyond the Pines, okay? We got Blade Runner. We got The Big Short. We got Nice Guys, okay? And I'm sorry. I mean, like, I know you love, like, sucking up to Leo because he's, like, the pinnacle of, like, Hollywood for... I don't know, the last 20th century or whatever. But, I mean, honestly, Gosling doesn't miss. I don't know what to tell you. I have no problem with either of these guys. I really like both these guys. Um, you better not yeah, have a problem with me. I, I have no problem with that. Uh, Gosling definitely does have the uh, range, like you guys said. So, I'm fine with that. All right. Jake Gyllenhaal, Brad Pitt. A while ago, I think I would have said Gyllenhaal. And I really want to do say Gyllenhaal, but... Brad Pitt just has some incredible performances. You know, Seven, Fight Club. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he was hilarious. Uh, 
Inglorious. Inglorious Bastards burn off to reading. I love Jake Gyllenhaal, man. I got to go Brad Pitt. Yeah. A little bit of an upset, I think. I think I'm going to agree with that. Not by that much, but I think Brad Pitt is pretty awesome. Jake Gyllenhaal is also pretty cool, but Pitt and his performances in, I guess, some of the more serious films leave a bit more of an impact. As I mean, of course, Gyllenhaal and Wildlife and Nightcrawler, he was both, he was so awesome. But I think that Pitt and his performances, like, uh, Seven and Fight Club, they kind of blow you away a little more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of going off on Jake, it just comes down to versatility. Um, roles like the ones that Jake had just stated, plus the fact that he's able to be so loose in films such as Burn After Reading. Specific, I can't, I can't emphasize how funny it is in Burn After Reading because the quality of acting that he puts in role after role and primarily serious roles. And then he just does an absolute goofball in the best possible way in burn after reading. Also has a funny John Malkovich storyline too. Yeah. I love burn after reading. Um, all right. Finale. Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. (laughs) I think it's obvious. I think, I think we're all going to go Gosling, right? Were you going to go? Okay. Jake and I have already made our arguments for Gosling. What's your argument between these two? Uh, range. I have a lot more enjoyable movies. I think, I think Brad Pitt has a lot better perform, uh, not better from performances. I think, I think Brad Pitt's like his fucking best roles are incredible, but like Gosling has such a long like we went down the list of how many movies Gosling is in and he's good in like the Nice Guys, Blade Runner, Crazy Stupid Love or whatever. Uh, the new the one with Steve Carell. Uh, the Big Short. Big short, all these. I <laughs> think actually the most the most underrated one of those is the nice guys. Nice guys is hilarious, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like got a great story and great act. Nice guys is awesome. Um, so I I, I got to go Gosling. Are you guys going Gosling too? Yep, I uh, I'll win. I'll win it. I don't right. care. Yeah, ben? what Jake said. I already right. made my argument. So shout out Nate Magic for these lists. Um, I got one negative. I think this actors list could have been bigger. Uh, these a lot, a lot of these guys. Well, not a lot. All these guys are more modern day. I would like to see, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, not Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, like Al Pacino. Uh, who, who's the guy in Goodfellas? What's his name? Robert De Niro. And some of those older guys. Um, but shout out Nate Magic for doing this kind of last minute. We really do appreciate it. Um, uh, one of the one of our favorite guests on the Turbo Team podcast. Yeah. So with that. We're going to spend about 10, 15 minutes recapping the end of The Bachelor that wrapped up this last week. We let go of Chris Harrison and welcomed in, what's his Manuel name? Acho. Emmanuel Acho. Who I thought was not very good, but we can discuss that a little bit. But just to recap, uh, spoilers within the next 20 seconds. Rachel ended up winning. Uh, but Matt did not propose, so they were going to continue dating after the show. And after that was filmed, we've already talked about this on the show a little bit, so we don't need to harp on it too much. Photos of Rachel potentially being racist and attending antebellum-themed plantation parties surfaced, and they actually announced on Monday night that they broke up 
post show and they had them on for an interview and Rachel seemed very not remorseful for her actions, which was pretty expected if we're being honest, but she ended up defeating Michelle in the final battle. <laughs> Defeating. Final battle. <laughs> she won. She won that part, uh, but just for a couple weeks before, found out that she was racist. So, yeah, that's what happened in the final episode. Honestly, none of this was shocking at all. Before I watched the finale, that was my exact prediction that Matt wasn't going to propose to Rachel, but they were going to continue dating, and then. Uh, they were gonna that we were gonna find out that they were either broken up or on really bad terms after all the allegations surfaced. But I didn't expect Matt to be kind of as spiteful as he was. He was like he was pissed, which I don't yeah. blame him at all. Uh, I don't. But with his personality, I thought he was gonna be a little more kind of like lackadaisical, like oh yeah, like I didn't I didn't like it, but I still like respect her as a person a lot. And but he was like he was really doubled down on the idea that like he did not agree with her at all he did not like her it was like it was it was pretty good tv if i'm being honest i uh <laughs> i think uh, i think you hit it right on the nose jake where you said that she did not look remorseful remorse she did not look and sound remorseful at all um she definitely looked and sounded like she was saying what you know the right thing she thought to say just so you know she's not canceled by the public um she she said she didn't know what it meant. She didn't know what it was. She said it was just something that you you did growing up in the South or whatever. And it's like those aren't excuses to not understand what like if you're going if you're growing up going to these antebellum festivals like all the time like as a kid as an adult and eventually to college like eventually one of these days you're gonna be like what what's an antebellum festival you know that's not something you blindly just agree to go to all these years and not you know try and look up what they are that that's bullshit so. Um, there there's a part in when they were sitting next to each other talking when like Rachel touched Matt's leg and you could kind of see him like, like back, like you could tell he didn't want her to touch him. You know, he was very like disgusted <laughs> with her, which I thought made great TV. Like you said. So. Yeah. That was, that was amazing TV <laughs> reality TV by inciting racial disparity. Okay. But no, uh, I had in my notes from like three weeks ago that like Rachel's fine, but I don't believe anything she says. I have that in my notes from like three, four weeks ago. And once again, it rings true when she needs to be as honest and forthcoming as she can be. And like a time like this when she's when her back's up against the wall and she needs to prove herself not only to Matt, but just to like, I don't know. Bachelor Nation as a whole. <laughs> yeah, just the public. Okay. Or did you just shoot, ironically call them Bachelor Nation? Ben's going to go to the penalty box for the next five minutes, and Alex and I are going to talk about the, the finale of the Bachelor. Okay. Bachelor Nation, I'm sorry. Oh, also, Chris Harrison like defended it, and that's why he yeah. wasn't there hosting tonight. That's funny. I still need to watch that video. I feel like it might be funny. It, it will be. Uh, I haven't seen it, but it has to be. Um, so I know, Jake, you said you didn't like Emmanuel Acho. I would agree to an extent. I thought in the beginning he definitely was a little corny and hamming it up a bit. Um, but I thought when they actually got down to the nitty gritty, I thought he was. I thought he was incredible. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was asking good questions, but it seemed like it, it seemed like he was like almost laughing the entire time. I don't know if you noticed this. No. Like, <laughs> He was like 
chuckling a lot. <laughs> it seemed like he was smirking like, Rachel, you said this, and I thought it was racist, but what did you think you were doing when you said this? But he had like a smirk on his face just waiting for her to say something stupid, and that's all I could focus on the entire time. I think I think it was because a little bit of a, like, I got you moment for Emmanuel Acho. Um, I think that really stands out to the point where she's like, you know, I've taken these steps to educate myself and try and be better on it. And Manuel cuts her off. He's like, what are you doing to educate yourself? And she's just like, uh, I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, like, no, dude, that was so No, funny. you're not. <laughs> no, it was so funny because, like, she was like, I could sit here and I could name the different movies that I've watched, the podcasts that I've listened to, the books that I've read. I'm like, Do list it. them, man. It's <laughs> like, then no, you haven't. <laughs> it's like... It's like when LeBron is reading Malcolm X's memoir and he's got like his uh, finger like within the first chapter and the reporter asks, LeBron, what is, I see you're reading Malcolm X's memoir. What what are some of your takeaways? And he's like, you know what? Like I've heard a lot about this book and like I've, I've skimmed through it a lot of times, but I've never like, this is the first time I've actually sat down to read through it. And it, you ain't read that book. (laughs) He's just a very, He's a very smart man. He uses he uses good words, <laughs> and then he like <laughs> he glares at the person who asked the question. <laughs> like you knew exactly what you were doing, and everyone knows that LeBron James did not read that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that, that had to do in relation to Rachel, yeah. but but I kind of agreed with you because even like when he brought out the new Bachelorette, he was super preppy about. It. He's like, you know, what you've been waiting for Bachelor Nation. We're going to meet the new Bachelorettes. It's going to be so exciting, and it's going to be – you have no idea what you're in for. And then it cuts over to Matt and Rachel, who just seem devastated and totally yeah. at each other. Matt had just told her that he doesn't want to touch. He doesn't want to hug Rachel at all, and they just ignored that and then was just being super preppy in the corner. <laughs> it was so funny. Because <laughs> it just pans out of him, like, smiling at the camera, and it's just those two being yeah, sad as could be. It, it, it was literally like them about tears <laughs> slow pan and he's like but now time for your new bachelorettes <laughs> we've only got an hour time slot bachelor nation so we're gonna have to make this awkward transition into next chapter on bachelorette to find your happiness with no racism involved yeah uh yeah. <laughs> Manuel Acho. Shout out Manuel Acho, man. Yeah, he, he did a fine job. I thought it was just really uncomfortable and awkward at points. Yeah. Uh, I had something about Rachel that was funny. Oh, the awkward. So when Emmanuel Acho was like, so what's on your mind, Matt? And then it was just five minutes of complete silence with a commercial <laughs> break in between. <laughs> uh, so before we wrap this up, just any final thoughts on this season of The Bachelor? I will get into mine first. I thought it was insanely boring, which almost speaks a testament to Matt James. As far as a human being, I think Matt was very good. I think that he made the right decision on the majority of the women. Abigail deserved insanely better, but he took away pretty much all the drama early. Uh, and it made for a very like non dramatic finale, which I mean, as no, a part, that, I that's mean, how I would do it. But as a viewer, I wanted like all the chaos, and it it just didn't really happen. Like I think even if he kept Piper around mm-hmm. until like the top four, I think there's gonna be a little more drama opposed to someone like 
was it Bree? Yeah. I posted yeah. something like Bree. Um, but yeah, I thought Matt did a good job, but he was just a very, very boring individual to watch. But uh, I, I hope for the best in his future endeavors. I, uh, I would argue that him limiting the drama and really focusing on trying to find his wife, although it wasn't entertaining, it made good TV because that's kind of what The Bachelor is, you know? Like, I think we're so used to, like... Like seeing all these girls fight for weeks on end, and like the the moment we get a season where it's normal and it's actually the point of the Bachelor where this guy is trying to find his wife, like we're like, no man, what the hell is this? Like this is what we want. Well, that's what we signed up for, you know. That's what the Bachelor is. Like the drama is just an ad part of it. Uh I had something else about Rachel. I don't know. She's, I don't like. Why would? It, oh, I know what it was. Um, they didn't acknowledge during the interview that she said that, like, girls that date black guys are gross or something like that. Like, she specifically went like, after, like, white women that date black guys. And then she was, like, supposed to get married to one? Like, what is this? Yeah, I I, I never liked Rachel. I, I said this from the start, and that was before the racial allegations ever even surfaced. She just always had just something weird to her that I, I couldn't put my finger on, and then uh, cancel culture came and did it for me. You know, they came on after everybody. The first they got Rachel, then they got my boy Chris Hansen. Not Chris Hansen, Chris Harrison. Ben, boy. did you have any parting thoughts on this season? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of interesting. I was <laughs> surprisingly more invested than I thought I'd be for a season of The Bachelor. But I don't know, that might have been because I had to be, or I don't know, that might have been because I'm genuinely a fan now, and it's fun to make fun of these people. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was all right. It got kind of boring at the end, like you said. But, I mean, mostly I enjoyed myself during the season. It's kind of fun, but it's only fun if you have some people to chat and, like, gossip over it about with. But, yeah, um, much like uh, Matt James would say, um, thank you for sharing this season with me. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.